Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of Cultivating Connections. Wanted to share a few more takeaways from ASHA, the American School Health uh, Association Conference. Uh, my colleagues and I were lucky enough to present a couple of topics as well. Uh, and so I wanted to share some of those uh, findings uh, from our presentations with you. Uh, and if you want to learn more and um, get a copy of our presentations, feel free to uh, reach out to me via uh, email, via um, website, however you'd like to get in touch on Twitter, LinkedIn, um, easily reachable. So um, one of the presentations that we did was uh, to talk about the five best practices for increasing edu engagement with uh, health education particularly. So in response to some research that we uh, recently completed, uh, we narrowed down some of the themes that were coming from students and teachers alike uh, in order to um, it's kind of their opinions on what really makes education, health education uh, curriculum and activities really work. You know, how does engagement uh, work to inspire motivation, which we know leads to deeper learning? And then how can you make concepts uh, simple enough and engaging enough so that that information is retained? So in this study, we were pilot testing some health curriculum. Um, we did over a thousand interviews with teachers and students. Uh, 19 teachers participated uh, in the pilot test and 494 students uh, were involved in the pilot test. So those uh, pilot groups are the ones that were interviewed and gave their responses uh, based on the uh, pilot curriculum that we were using. So there were five distinct themes that came about um, as students and teachers uh, were looking at ways to uh, really inc increase the engagement uh, and add suggestions not only for this particular curriculum um, but uh, also just the things that they might have enjoyed. So there's five best practices and I'll go through each one. The first one is consequences. So students, 95% of students and or teachers uh, from across the country in these pilot groups mentioned that consequences are really important for students to understand and not just long-term comp uh, consequences, but really short-term consequences. So, you know, talking about the potential for developing heart disease in, you know, 30, 40 years, um, obviously isn't as relevant to middle school students as, uh, you know, we would hope. Um, but, you know, what are the consequences that they might feel during that day? Um, and then beyond those health consequences, it was interesting to hear them talk about the social consequences as well. Uh, so exploring uh, both of those aspects, I think, are important. Uh, the second request that we heard often was comparisons. So 79% of students or teachers mentioned comparisons as being a tool that really helps them 
understand the ramifications of their choices. Uh, so kind of a, they referred to it a couple of times as a split screen. Uh, so showing a student who ate breakfast and what that student's day might be like versus a student who didn't eat breakfast and what that day might look like. So really clear cut comparisons. Uh, and I think the other uh, uh, sense that we got was looking at two different activities or two different foods and really doing some direct comparison and making a decision based on uh, the nutrition facts label or the information that we had. Students were also looking for alternatives. So instead of just saying, don't eat this or don't eat this, they really want to know, what alternatives do I have? Uh, and that is important not only for taste, but it's also important for accessibility. Uh, so if we're talking about alternatives to um, sugary beverages, you know, it might not be best to suggest that they have, uh, you know, coconut and uh, cucumber infused water um, because it's just not accessible at school. The fourth best practice that was mentioned also around 67% of the time uh, were that the, that the activities need to be hands-on and they need to be interactive. Uh, so as many times as you can get kids up and moving and really involved in the kinesthetically involved in the activity, they're much more likely to uh, have informa information retention uh, and lead to uh, new habits and establishing new habits. Uh, one example we had was uh, having students, you know, collect a number of the their favorite uh, beverages and actually measuring out into uh, a container the grams of sugar, the teaspoons of sugar that are in each of those beverages. So not only is it a kinesthetic uh, experience for them to actually measure, um, but they're also getting this huge visual cue. Um, whereas, you know, the, the grams on the side of the can may say 53 grams of sugar. Um, it's a very abstract number and a very abstract way of uh, measuring something. So by having that physical hands-on activity, we saw that there was a, a, a greater increase in um, the student's awareness um, and also in their uh, change of behavior in choosing beverages. And the last best practice is relevance. When we're talking about any kind of health um, or social emotional or anything uh, affective for students, we need to make sure that what we're presenting is relevant to their lives. Uh, and I think that that's key almost in any subject area, um, certainly with being hands-on and interactive, uh, being relevant really um, applies to many of the other best practices that we, we talked about. So um, those are our five best practices for creating engaging health, nutrition, uh, and education lessons. Again, thinking about consequences, comparisons, alternatives, hands-on and interactive activities, and making sure the content is relevant. If you're interested in learning more, and uh, want to see a copy of the presentation, as I mentioned, feel free to reach out uh, to me on Twitter at Miss Ralston, or you can find uh, me on the web, uh, on my website, 
www.square32consulting.com. Thanks so much.